London is no stranger to the fog, but rather than roll in, this mist seemed to rise, thick and slow, devouring the dark alleys of Whitechapel from the bottom up. Whitechapel Dark Mist, a Cthulhu by a Gaslight Mystery. Hey everybody, welcome to our percentile vice. Tonight we're playing Call of Cthulhu, our own game, set in Victorian London, Whitechapel Dark Mist. I'm Steve, that's Emily, that's John. Let's get right to it. Yeah, yeah. So on our last episode, our investigators had clawed their way out of the grave-sized hole in the mausoleum carrying the dead body of one ghoul to take back to the police to prove that there's some weird shit going on. Mm -hmm. um, they had to drag the dead ghoul's body over the dead and crushed body of Rocco. I'm sorry, Jacko. I don't know where Rocco came from, but I'll have yeah. to name an NPC Rocco just to make that seem better in retrospect. So <laughs> Jacko, all of his bones completely crushed. Um, had been delivered to the gravesite, and a a small white paper hat with the name Flowers, Flowers Cuts and Chops, there a local ba butchery, butchery, <laughs> local butcher shop, charcuterie, Char charcuterie. <laughs> it's it's a thing. Um, was found uh, by or underneath the body, taking the dead bodies sneakily through the streets all the way up until a police officer found you didn't buy your stories and decided he was going to take you straight to the police station as a punishment to you and you guys just got a police escort for what you wanted to do anyway which right. was get to the police station so it all worked out you had a discussion with your good friend reginald probst the investigator from Scotland Yard who's working these series of disappearances and murders. And several leads were, were brought up. One, of course, being Flowers Cuts and Chops. Uh, another being that one of the missing guys, one Philip Bradford, had recently been cited, according to one witness. And so there was Curiosities and Collectibles, the store that he worked at prior to his disappearance. And then the third option for investigation was using the little bug you have in a jar that seems to always be banging against the side of the jar in in one direction. And Rosalie, you had determined earlier that it seems to always be tracking towards the mysterious, hairless, wrinkleless, almost featureless man, mm -hmm. uh, the mysterious naked man. Caillou. Right. You decided to go check out the butcher shop. Mm -hmm. um, it was right around closing time. Uh, prior to going to the butcher shop, you stopped by Curiosities and Collectibles and met uh, Mr. Green and his uh, daughter, Allison, um, and then went to the butcher shop, snuck around the back. A couple of the workers were getting rid of stuff that is trash after you butcher stuff. Yep. Um, <clears throat> Rosalie, you put uh, a, handkerchief. a handkerchief in the door to keep it from clicking and locking shut, and y'all decided to come back there later and try to get an eye on 
Mr. Bertrand Flowers of Flowers Custom Shops. Correct. And you started to head towards <clears throat> the hairless naked man using the little bug in a jar radar <laughs> that you have. And just following the direction that the bug was constantly tapping against the jar. As you started going that way, you walked past curiosities and collectibles again. And as you walked past, little Allison, a 12-year-old daughter, had come out to sweep the front porch when the phenomena of the fog happened again. The fog rose up like a wall of fog coming down the street. And then from this wall of fog, a, a large tendril of fog, maybe 15 feet long and 10 feet wide and 10 feet high, shot out from that and engulfed her. And then you heard her muffled screams and the sound of her feet dragging along the cobblestone. And that's where we are. And at this point, I'm imagining you guys doing a double take. That way towards the naked hairless man, that way towards Allison, you guys have the scene. I probably very hoarsely cry out, you know, like, no, and start, like, lunging towards where the fog is. Um, and I do exactly what you said. I'm looking at the fog and then looking at the naked man and then looking back at the fog, and I'm also going to be lunging towards the fog. Okay. <clears throat> it's on. All right. So you guys are heading towards the fog. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, tell me, how are you doing it? I'm a run. <clears throat> okay. Same. And the the protrusion of fog had had come back in, and actually the fog was starting to roll back down the street. Mm -hmm. um, what are y'all's dexes? Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> sixty. Uh, um, you're not immediately in combat. Yours is sixty nine. Nice. 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 Um, <laughs> no, I was just trying to get an idea of no, how, yeah. how quickly. Yeah. No. You guys, guys could move. Um, <clears throat> like we said, not immediately in combat. Not implying we won't be. Just and, and, not and right your, this moment. And your movement rates are what? Eight? Mm, seven for me. Yeah. Seven, seven for me. Okay. Um, right. So you take off down. And it doesn't take long before you, you get into the fog. Um, give me listen rolls. Listen. Let's see here. Oh. 96. Uh, 87. Okay. Uh, My listen is under 40s or under 50. Okay, it's so it's 40. not a... It so is. it is a fumble. Right. How do you fumble? So you, you don't hear it really hard. I hear the hair of my ear <laughs> scraping <laughs> down. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> All right. I cannot relate. I have no me, idea what you're talking about. Well, you're a 58-year-old man and you have ear hair problems. <laughs> okay. So. Um, Hold on. Yeah. So you get into the fog uh -huh. and the fog seems to lighten up. It's almost like there, there, oh, there was a wall of denser, darker fog, or just a couple of feet thick, and you get in there. And then it's kind of just the normal fog and mist of the city. Um, I'll take... Spot hidden rolls, but I need a hard success. Okay. All right, let's get hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I rolled a five, which is a extreme success. Okay. 
The look on John's face says he didn't do as well. Maybe not as well. I rolled a 36. Mm-hmm. Hard success for me is 35. I will be spending the two luck. You, you have to. No, you only have one. to spend you one. You just got to hit the number. You don't have oh. to get under it. Yeah. It's like okay. armor class. Okay. So through the little bit lighter fog, uh, you both see a. It looks like a couple of people um, ducking quickly down one of the side alleys off of Whitechapel Road. Do I see what they are dressed in? Do they have like discernible clothes or is it just outlines of silhouettes? Outlines of silhouettes based because of the fog is and, there, in the distance. Is there a significant height difference in any of the silhouettes? Um, so looking at that level of detail, now you probably figured out that there are three people. Mm-hmm. Um, two that look like adult size, adult height. And one smaller. Are they kind of lumped in together? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to beeline straight for it. Full tilt running. I'm going to keep giving chase with the intention of using my cane, if possible, to reach forward and trip one if I get close enough. Fair. All right. So yeah, I want a cane. We're going to do a bit of a modified chase sequence here. Uh, let me just check somebody's movement. Okay. All right. Um, so you're running towards it, and you're about to turn down the alleyway that, that they're going mm-hmm. as well. Um, when when you get there, there are uh, just your normal street debris, cans, boxes right there in, inside the uh, alleyway. So I'm going to need a skill check to get past it. I'll let you guys try to... Uh, argue for whatever great skill you'd mm. like to, to put in there. I think for me, it's going to be dex. Okay. If, unless you mean skill and no, not ability. No, no, you ability. can use an attribute as okay. well. Okay. I'm lucky my dex is over <laughs> six or over 50 because that's a 96. Jeez. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be using dex as well. I rolled a 38 versus my 60 decks. Okay, so you're able to just, I don't know, hike up your petticoats and jump over a, a box and... I'm in a crate. <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad, but it did... Uh, your own cane. It, it kind of knock you... It just took you a step away, right? So now you are a little bit behind um, Rosalie and our... Assailants are okay. Um, you're keeping pace with them. You've fallen back a little bit. Um, actually, you've caught up with them a little bit. Mm-hmm. They're moving a little slower because they're pulling somebody along with them. Right. An unwilling person. Um, so you are within about 30 feet of them. So you can either continue chasing them or make some kind of attack or however you'd like to do this. Um, I think I'm going to continue to chase. I would be concerned about firing or making an attack when I believe that Allison is in such close proximity to them. Okay. Um, so make another dex roll for continuing on. Um, hold up a second. We, we ought to do this in dex order. You can go first. Um, and you can do one roll to spin the movement 
go as fast as you can. If you'd like to add a another roll after that with um, a penalty dice, I'll let you cover more ground. Kind of like a, a dash action. Like I said, I'm modifying the chase rules. No, I like it. Okay. He, Josephus trips over a can and he kind of rolls on it a little bit and he feels like almost like his ankle almost got sprained and he catches himself but it took time while everybody else was moving and so he's like gotta gotta go faster and so he's going to do exactly what you said and try to dash i just thought of sonic gotta go fast (laughs) it's on the first dex roll a Extreme success. Nice. The second one with a penalty dice. The penalty and the regular were both 64. So a regular success. Okay. Nice. Um, so you turn on the speed and you close the distance quickly. You're probably... You're a little bit behind. I'm going to say you're about 15 feet from them. And they are still running. And Rosalie, you had a 60 dex. Let me just Correct. make sure you're next to move. Yep, it's you. Okay. So then I'm going to roll to try to continue pursuit. I rolled a 44, which is a regular success. Okay. Are you going to try to dash it or are you going to? Is there any penalty? Should I fail? Am I likely to like trip or? Yes. Mm, then no. Don't you wish you'd have known that? Before? I'm making well, this up as I go. No, I probably I, still would have done it anyway. Modifi- when I say modified chase rules, I meant modifying. I will do chase as I rules. please with the chase rules, <laughs> and you will survive. No, it's yeah. I, all so far. Everything sounds reasonable. So continue. Yep. So no. you're all right. So you continue you chase. closed in on them as well if uh, nothing bad happens right they are still appear to be running and doing so as much as they can you can perceive that their normal speed has been slowed a little bit so you gained okay. some on them um, so I'm going to say you're both about 15 feet from them uh, at this point and we're starting a new chase round yes I am going to, I'm not going to dash this time. He's caught up enough that he's more looking for getting close enough that he can do the old vaudeville, grab him by the neck with the cane. Yeah, at this point, I don't even think a dex roll is necessary. You are close enough that just with your normal movement, you know, as part of your round, you can move and act. You could, because you're moving before them, they've got a worse dex. You could engage if you want. Does it look clear to me that one is carrying the child? Actually, it looks like both of them, like both of them have an arm hooked under the armpits of, of the little girl and are dragging her down. So... The one closest to my right arm, I'm just going to reach forward with the cane and try to put it with the handle in front of his neck. And once I know it's in front of his neck, 
gonna try to yank his head back so that he hopefully will have to stop. All right, so that's gonna be a fighting maneuver. Um, what's your size? Your build? I'm sorry. Zero. Okay, so is he? So there's no built like a zero. <laughs> so there's no uh, no penalties or additions uh, based on that. So roll a brawl. Roll, and uh, he will either roll a dodge or fight back. And he's going to dodge because they're trying to get out of here. 74 against my 36 brawl. Big fail. Yeah, he failed his dodge too, so nothing happens. You missed with the hook, but you've gotten closer to them. It's your turn, Rosalie. So I'm going to... The little girl is screaming. You cannot hear, you know, whatever was in your ears earlier when you both did terrible failures mm. on listening rolls. Yeah. It's clear. Yeah. Good so news. I'm going to call out, uh, you know, Allison, keep fighting back. And I'm going to close the distance. And I want to use fighting brawl, but I want to kick out the back of the knee of one of them who's in front of me. I just want to reach out and just smack them right in the back of the kneecaps. Okay. Um, if possible. Yeah, it's all possible. Uh, I'm trying to decide if if I'm going to call do that a called shot give you a penalty dice, or if I'm going to call that a fighting maneuver, and then we're just going to compare some builds and see what kind of bonuses there. I think I'm going to call it a called shot. Yeah. You know, you're going for a specific place because I'm not so just kicking him. I'm you're going for a specific location, back of his knee, right? To create an effect. So um, totally fine. So the fighting brawl with a penalty dice, please. The penalty dice tried to jump away. <laughs> All right. So I have a 68 in fighting brawl. Or 58 in fighting brawl. Excuse me. And I rolled a 95. You have a 58? Yeah. That's good. Oh, 96 is the fumble thing anyway. All right. So, you know, you reach out and try to hit the back of his knee, but he's running, you're running, and you just just missed. Um, but you do see... Allison, the little twelve-year-old girl you've just met, look eyes, look at, meet eyes with you, and realize that she knows you, right? Um, and just is screaming, and there's a. It's more of a help me scream now, whereas before it was a. I'm scared shitless right. scream. So she is looking at you, imploring you do something here. Uh, it's their turn. And at this point, I think everybody's close enough that if they were going to run, they would have to do some other things. So they're going to turn. Um, one of them pushes the other one back and says, keep. Hold on to the girl. And in his other arm, you see him pull up. He's got a club. And he's going to swing that club at one of you. Um, that's John. I'm sorry. That's Josephus. Josephus. Sometimes referred to as Josephus. <laughs> so... Do you, would you like to fight back? This is a stupid question for Josephus. Fight back or dodge? 
He's gonna dodge. Just just just, just to, to make spite me you. wrong. Just to spite you. Okay, yeah. so make your dodge roll. And this guy will make his roll. I failed with an eighty seven. Okay. Uh he failed also. Uh, it was a regular fail. So this this club swings right in front of you. I mean, you know, you probably feel the breeze on your nose. The other guy has backed up a little bit. He's still holding the girl, but he starts to look at you and mumble. Need a power roll? I do need a power roll. No. Contested power roll. Not looking good, folks. Looking better. That's a regular success for me. Okay. 35 on a 45. He's mumbling. His eyes are, are looking at you. And you you feel this pressure in your head that, that turns into almost a, a voice that is saying weird things. And you look over and you can tell that it's that guy, just the mumbling. Uh, and with the squint of your eyes and a stealing of your nerves, just think it away. And the, the pressure and the noise in your head just, just goes and you can see a look of um, disdain on his face. That makes it the top of the round, mm-hmm. and Josephus's turn. How far back is the other guy? He's probably ten feet back from you. He's holding the girl, and the guy right in front of you is brandishing a club. I would like to move around to the left side of the guy in front of me. And swing my shotgun up from under my coat and take a shot. This just escalated fast. <laughs> so quickly. Okay, um, he is going to attempt to dive out of the way. So, Which way is he diving? This might be important. Uh, out of the way. <laughs> you move to his left, he's going to go right. You're right. Okay, so back towards the other two. Sure. Okay. If it ever works out that that wasn't how I wanted it to be, I'll that will not be how stuff. it was. Okay. Um, I rolled a eighty-four on a seventy-six, and I'm going to spend the eight luck. You only need eight luck. 76 <laughs> with a shotgun. What monster have I created here? Well, he's old and kind of pudgy and not really good at actually fighting. He's just like, I don't want to fight. I'm just going to pull out my shotgun and deal with the problem. Old, kind of pudgy, not any good at fighting. I'm sensing maybe I've been made an effigy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucked up, John. <laughs> he he attempts to dive out of the way, but uh, the surprise of that shotgun coming out of nowhere underneath your overcoat—you um, you, tell me how it happens. 
So after the mumbling and Josephus, there was something like a fog in his head almost, like his vision was overtaken by this fog for a second. And he managed to pull himself back in because the little girl did not deserve the same fate as Jacko being thrown to the ghouls. So he decided it was time whenever the little girl had gotten out of the way, it's time to go ahead and finish this up. So he deftly, for his size and apparent athletic ability, sidesteps to get an angle of fire that would not include the girl and leans back, the shotgun tilting up under his coat. Showing. Pulls the trigger and the man's chest explodes, similar to how the description of Thomas Blanton's chest exploding was, but backwards. So just uh, for bookkeeping purposes, roll me your damage. But I think at this range, you're 4d6. Yes. Um, there is an explosion of his chest. The question is whether it's a fatal explosion of his chest or... Why? I don't know. I don't know why you use that one. So it should be one, but with this dice, the one is on the back of the three. Yeah, they're not. Oh, then the picture is a six. No, there's no. a six on it. It's a one. No. It's not a standard dice. It's okay. not. Can I just roll these two again instead of? Yes. So that was seven on these no, two. Pictures are hard for you. <laughs> and seven again. So how much total? Fourteen. Okay. Um so, as you describe, the, the chest explodes. The club goes flying in the air behind him. His feet lift up off the ground, and he's thrown back three feet or so and lands on his back on the ground, unmoving. And the crimson mist drizzles to the ground menacingly. My <laughs> chapel dark mist, Josephus crimson mist. Spinoff. Oh, nice. All right, it is your turn. Um, so I am going to pull out my revolver and level at the other one who's holding Allison and say, that's no way to treat a lady. And I'm going to, I'm assuming there's a considerable height difference, right? Yeah, yeah, a 12-year-old and an adult. Yeah, and I'm going to attempt to fire head and up. I called shot, I'll take the penalty, but I don't want to come close to center mass of her. Absolutely. Take your shot. He is... He's going to dodge. And I'm going to give him a penalty dice because he's trying to dodge with an unwilling child in his arms. Do you ever wish you had a teacup? A little bit. I rolled a 13, which for me is oh, it's so close to an extreme success. That's your penalty dive? Was it I both rolled them was a 10, but they were both 10s. Wow. Yeah. Um, Gonna yeah. have to remember to 
make a little clip of the look on the keeper's face when the penalty I, dice is a 10-2. Can I, can I use three luck to make it an extreme success? You can. Does it change anything for me? And I believe it does because you have a penetrating weapon. That means you're going to do um, max damage with it. Yeah, I think so I got that right. I'll double check it off stream, yeah, and if fine. I have to change it later, you can't don't get to say that's how, oh. not how it works. I reserve I the right. I'm invoking the I reserve the right <laughs> to change my rule. rule. That's fine. Uh, so it does one d eight. So I I don't think I've ever done point blank. So roll of. the one d eight, and then add a d eight, a, a total add eight to what you're about to roll. Two plus the eight, so ten. Okay. His dodge failed. So tell us what poor Allison just watched happen in front of her or above her. So to clarify, is he gonna is he dead? Because that will depend how I depict this. Okay. So Allison is looking like up at me. She's staring at me, tears just pouring out and just screaming, you know, trying to get some help. And I call out and I fire the shot, but it's such a clean shot right through the like the bridge of the nose through the back of the head and it has to go through all of that bone and stuff that there's not even blood. He just kind of stares off for a minute and then just starts teetering back and lets go of her. And I imagine she falls forward cause she's been struggling and he falls backwards. And then I just lunge forward for her. I don't know that she even never saw it or a drop of blood with my extreme success. At least that's what, that's what I hope. Sleep tonight. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So second cultist dead. <laughs> and Josephus's mouth just dropped open like holy shit she made that shot what a woman <laughs> you know on a on a fumble on that I was gonna give you a chance of actually of hitting the child right yeah but I get to be part of my own canon backstory so right. yeah. fair <laughs> um, alright so the girl is is on the ground kind yeah. of at your feet now um Crying and sobbing, less screaming, more sobbing at this point. Um, and two dead gentlemen on the ground. What would y'all like to do? Grab the girl and get the hell out of Dodge. Once I see she has the girl, I'm going to get down full detective mode. I am searching the bodies, looking for anything that will place them, looking for anything to ID them. Who are these men? Where did they come from? Why are they here? Yada, yada. Gotcha. Are, are we pretty close to? We're still pretty close to the shop, right? We're not but a block and yeah, an alley. Yeah, I knew it was. They snatched her from in front of the shop, and then you ran down the road and into the first alley. And you guys were hot on their heels, so we're pretty close. So while he's looking, I'm just gonna pick her up and try to take take her home. I don't want her to stay out. Fair enough. Um, there's no having conversation with her right now. You're welcome to. If you'd like to role play some soothing discussion with her, but you won't get any dialogue no. back from her at this point. She is. Um, just, I don't think I would have anything to say. I think it would just be trying to get her home as quickly as possible to safety. Uh, give me a spot hidden with bonus die. A zero seven, which is an extreme success. Beautiful. 
So the one that you shot and killed, you take a quick look at his face immediately. You Your eyes jo- drive over to the other one and look at its face. And you are looking at the faces of two pictures on the board of Reginald Probst. The faces of Scott Woodrow the factory worker, and Philip Bradford, the clerk from Curiosities and Collectibles. Um, And you recognize their faces immediately from the pictures that uh, Probst had up on his murder board. Do they have anything in pockets of note or... Uh, No, they are dressed very plainly. They've got... um, Long overcoats that uh, are pretty dark. Um, Not white. No, no, very dark. Um, and I think at least on one of them, you're you'll find a, a necklace with a little uh, emblem or charm on it that, um, in some respects, resembles Georgie the little bug. But in other respects, seems bigger or more mature. Hard to tell. You're looking at a little trinket. When you say general uh, bulbous body with spindly legs. When you say charm, is it a metal like pendant or is Mm -hmm. it like, okay, so it's not like a specimen in resin? No, 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 no. No, it's like somebody carved or molded. A figure. An effigy. Mm-hmm. So which one was doing the mumbling? Uh, that would have been Scott Woodrow. He was the one that held the child in the back and got bullseyed by Rosalie. He was the factory worker, right? Yes. Okay. Um... Do I see any kind of cart or horse around? No. Too dark? Too dark to see anything close. And Either it's too dark or there's no horse around. Okay. Um, I'm going to grab up Scotty Too Hotty. Or Scotty's body. Scotty Too Hotty. And <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow the way that I think she, Rosalie, left to go, which would probably lead towards the curiosity shop. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your strength? 35, you say? 35, I say. Okay. Um, it's a difficult task carrying this man by yourself. You can do it. Uh, I don't know if you're dragging him along or trying to throw him over your shoulder, a fireman carry kind of thing. I imagine it would be like head under his shoulder joint and just dragging feet. Okay. Probably catch your movement in half, but we're not tracking movement like melee here or whatever. Um, There was nothing in in their pockets. They each had a club, um, cudgel kind of thing. Um, But yeah. So, back to the store. Yes. So, I'd imagine that the door was probably, like, 
half like a jar because she had just stepped out to sweep or was it uh it was probably closed all the way but not locked because she's just stepped out to sweep so i'm going to surprisingly little time has elapsed right here so i am going to just go straight in i'm not going to knock i'm going to go in i'm going to shut the door i'm probably going to lock it myself i'm going to flip the deadbolt yeah the the little bell hanging over the door jingles as you walk walk in I'm going to head back towards, I'm assuming, some kind of opening to back of shop or... As you head towards the back, there is Willem Green still at the counter that he was at earlier Mm -hmm. working the books because he's without a clerk right now and he's really slow at the numbers thing. So I'm going to charge right up. I'm going to go around the back side of the counter and I'm going to be... Oh my God, what's happened to my dear daughter? Get her to bed and I'll explain everything. Get her to bed, I, I, I promise, but right now she needs to be safe in her room. Go put her to bed and I will stay right here and then I can explain. Oi, Jonathan, come out here and help me. Um, late teen, 17-year-old boy comes out. Uh, you hadn't seen him before, but right. you had heard all about him from, <laughs> from the shopkeep. And uh, he looks concerned, but... Just first thing he's going to do is obey his father. So he takes uh, Allison uh, towards her. What happened? This is now Willem. What, what is she, she just stepped outside. What's, what's wrong with the girl? Did you scare her or what? No, we were just a block down and these two men snatched her and took her down the alley. My companion and I, we followed and took suit and, and we were able to get her back. But we did have to physically, we, we had to... to I'm pretty sure both of them are dead, but I couldn't let them take her. I'm, I'm, so, but I need, I need you to be sure she stays safe because I don't know if there's more, if they're coming back. But they snatched her, and I can't let that. I couldn't let that happen. I, I. Well, if they're dead, the only problem I got is, wish it had been me. Thank you. Um, by this time, you're coming up to the front of the store. I'm gonna yell, Rosalie, Rosalie, and. I'm going to hightail it back to the door and unlock it and I'm turn back. I'm like, I'm sorry. I I just, I have, and like, <laughs> like, I'm, Are you I'm bringing the body into the shop with you. I'm not. Okay. Going to look at her and say, this guy's heavy, but we have to get him to Reginald because with the way they take their bodies and feed them, I didn't want to chance him not seeing this one. The other one is the guy who worked here. I'm going to turn back and look at... Philip? Yeah, Philip. You say Philip was the one who took me daughter? He what? was one of them. Well, it's just, it just seemed like him at all, but... Uh, if you'd like, we can go grab him up, and that would probably be a good thing. I, I would rather leave them because it's a crime scene, but honestly, I've, I'm afraid if I leave them that... W- he won't be there when we get back, so I really just need help getting these guys out. So if one of y'all will help me. He calls into the back and, and tells Jonathan to come out. And when Jonathan comes out, he gives Jonathan directions to run down the street. Um, first uh, copper he sees, send him this way. And if he doesn't see a copper, run a couple more blocks because there's the police station that's on the corner. Right. Uh, Whitechapel and whatever that other big road was. Um, So Jonathan um, heads out. Um, So 
I'll keep moving behind him, hoping to behind. meet the cop behind Jonathan. Oh, with the body? With the body. Okay. Um, I'm going to look at the shopkeep and would it be all right if I went and talked to her? I'm sure she's very, very frightened. Or at least you should go sit with her. Some She was terrified and I had to shoot a man that was very close to her. I'm sure she's very shaken. His, his eyes get big and wide as he's hearing more of these details. Well, you say my, my, my daughter was in the hands of a man and you just, just shot him and she was right there? Oh, poor Allison. Um, well, I appreciate the offer from you, man, but, uh, or, you know, other than the fact that you spent five minutes in my store and uh, shot the guys who don't, she don't really know you. Certainly. Nor do I, right? So um, he uh, he heads to the back to, to look after his daughter. In a couple minutes, you hear... The blaring of whistles, like one whistle right down the street, and that sets off a chain reaction of whistles from side streets and everything um, as the alarm goes up from the first dude um, cop that they found. You couldn't really see it. 17-year-old at a full speed. You dragging a body. It was a little well, yeah. thing, but but very soon after. Um, the police are coming, um, and they start coming from side roads as well. It takes a little while, um, and then after, well, would you like to 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 dis- do the discussion with the first guy that gets there? When I see him coming, I am going to just drop the body like a sack of taters because. I'm wore out, and I am doubled over, hands on knees, panting. <sighs> so the first guy's going to get there. He's going to see a dead body. He's going to see you, and he's like, "All right, you don't move." I'd be glad to go down four blocks, take a left. There's another one just like him. He's not really ready to leave you until somebody else gets there because you could be either a prime witness or a murderer. <laughs> um, so a couple more get there. One stays with you. While it's just him, I'm going to look at, at him. And in between pants, just as derisively as I can muster in my current energy state, I'm going to be like, I'm not going anywhere. <sighs> Just for a little color. You don't have yeah, to do anything. No, with no, that. I like that because what that guy does is he turns to one of the officers that has just run up on the street and says, oh, Stay with this guy. He's a bit of a flight risk. And he takes his little <laughs> baton and pops the back of your knee pretty sharply. Doesn't cause any big damage, but it hurts. And that's when you notice he's the dude from the police oh, station. No. That you told to go get my coffee. That <laughs> <laughs> you just made a complete fool of in there. Um, and he just took a free shot because. So he's I pulled out my like shotgun. That. <laughs> just kidding. Don't say shit. <laughs> yeah, um, hold on a second. Uh, 
rolling damage dice. On that. No, I'm rolling a spot hit and roll. Um, two police officers are staying with you. Your gun has been <laughs> spotted on an extreme success, and they're putting two things together. There's a dead body with an exploded chest that looks a lot like a shotgun wound and a dude with a shotgun. I have the other guy. You picked up the guy with that? Yes. All right. Um, gun, gunshot wound and a gun. Either way. Still and, fair. Yeah. So the other ones are going going down. And a lot of, uh, a lot of commotion happened. More blaring of whistles because, you know, some of the cops didn't get to blow their whistles at the very beginning. And they're not wanting to, you know, <laughs> oh, I never get to blow my whistle, do I? One night something big happens and old Frankie, he gets to blow his whistle, but not me. <laughs> it's not right, I tell you. <laughs> it's not. It's a grand shame, isn't it? <laughs> oh, can 20 it, years Mickey? on the job, got to blow my whistle three times. Can it, Mickey? Nobody gives a fuck about I've your spent, whistle. I'm going to tell you how many times I've spent in front of the mirror at home practicing my <laughs> whistle blowing. <laughs> Me wife they told me it. it was going to be a job of adventure and excitement. Free, free whistle blows in 25 <laughs> years. <laughs> It's a crying shame, my Jay. I imagine he's just telling you all of this as you're like sitting on the ground. <laughs> he's like, "It's not bullshit." Sorry. All right. So, um, back in. They go down there, and you hear other whistleblows from several blocks down in the side alleyway. There is more whistleblowing, and so the guy next to you is like, "Oh, damn it! If I had gone with that group, I might have got to blow my whistle." <laughs> um, big hubbaloo. <laughs> Eventually, word gets back and Propes has, has come down. Uh, you can tell from all the discussion that's happening around you and whatnot that that body is still there. They have a crime scene and they have secured it. Um, so um, eventually, um, Propes uh, comes up to you and says, Well, put me in a bit of a spot here. Because in my heart, I know I need to tell you, just get up and dust yourself off. Well, I got six other coppers here. I've seen a dead body and you with a gun. I've got to at least go through the motions, you understand? So I understand, but if I were you, I would at least send one man to each of these guys' houses. Because whatever they're into... There's no evidence of it on them. We need to start getting into that. I'm okay going down to the station. Well, I don't know what these Rosalie. guys' houses got to do with it. And that's when he looks down and realizes that that's the face of one of the five men on his board, three of which were dead before tonight. Jacko crushed in a grave. Blend. Weasel. Eaten. Eaten and his clothes left in the... Tunnels of the Ghouls, and Thomas Blanton, who exploded into a million little buggies. Uh, is our... Hey, this is... Uh... It is, and the other one's Philip. We need to have somebody sent to their house. We need to be investigating this and following this lead back because me and Rosalie were just passing by and we saw a little girl 
vanish into the fog, just like Weasel, just like Jacko. We gave chase, and these two fucks had her and were running off to God knows where, and she was going to end up in that same goddamn grave that Jacko and Weasel did. I'm fine going to the station, but we can't lose any time on the investigation, so... All right. So he turns and he... He, he probably grabs the whistle off of the one dude to stand right next to you and blows it three times in the super secret detective code that means everybody in the area get to me now. And so the guys that are down in, and around the block and everything, they come down there and he puts a couple guys on going to Woodrow's house and Bradford's house and another guy going to get the coroner's wagon and whatnot and other guys to go work the crime scene. And, um, then he uh, he just helps you up off your feet and um, like, well here's what we're going to do then um, you can do whatever you got to do tonight but uh, you will make it a point to come down to the station tomorrow for a more formal statement that we might take and add to the case file. All right, we'll definitely do that. We were on the trail of the mysterious man when we saw this going down and. Had to leave off, so I... Oh, the mysterious man, right? I remember you talking about him, but I thought when you left me office that uh, you said you was uh, going to the, the butcher shop. We didn't find anything there. Aye. We were going to come back later, but we were going to follow the bug who seems to have a nose for this other guy. And that's when we saw the girl getting taken and figured we should probably do something about that first. And all this time, Rosalie, are you still inside the shop or have you walked out? No, since he went back to to be with her, I definitely walked out to the street. I don't think I'm standing with him. I'm probably standing off to one side because... um, A little leery of cops. I'm a little leery of cops, especially given the fact that my friend is still in the... like. I kind of release her in the morning. Right. Yeah, right. but like he says, oh yeah, this is totally a thing, and they're like, oh, we'll come back around whenever you're ready and give a statement, and like I'm like, Mm-mm, I will go to jail, <laughs> I will be going tonight. I'm just hanging out, waiting till I'm otherwise incriminated, and just keeping my mouth shut. All right, so he's just gotten done telling you, hey, between us boys, I know you got nothing to do with this. Um, we're working this investigation together. You're just off to the side, so he yeah, hasn't I'm making faces to, you. to the yeah. to the chat. Okay. Um, I know you don't have anything to do with this. You were investigating, so but I, I do need to make sure the paperwork is all complete. So give me a statement in the morning. Continue doing whatever you're going to do, and then he takes one more look at the body, and then he looks up at you, and his eyes settle on your shotgun, and then back towards the body, and the single bullet hole between the eyes, and he looks down the you know fifteen or twenty feet away at you. It's like. It's, uh, well, this one doesn't look like it was your doing. Nope. If you ever need somebody to train your officers how to shoot, I have an idea of who might be available. Right, so, so you'd have to um, pay her, though. I would tell you, at this point, um, it would, uh, it would be best if, uh, everybody else here just believed it was, was your doing. That's so, fine. Um, That's fine, mate. All right, then. Where are you off to? Now that you've left me with a fine mess, two dead bodies, and 
Back on the trail. Uh, while he's saying this, he's wiping his spittle off the whistle and handing it back to the really disappointing um, copper. Back on the trail. So is it the butcher or the or the weird man? The weird man, I think, but I'll have to get with my partner over there and figure out for sure. All right, well, this street's lit up with with coppers and now looky loos as well. So, uh, you know, the butcher shop's just right down the road. I don't think you're going to get anything out of him tonight. Yeah, you're probably right. So, by this time, commotion on the street, right? We were only a couple minutes past most of the shops closing. This is a stretch of street where the other side had things like the copper line and the whatever it was, goat. Do you remember what the name of the goat was? There was the copper lion and the, I want to say it was like the angry goat or. That sounds right. Let's see here. That sounds right, but I'm also remembering the angry bird from a different podcast. So it may be that they're merging and having. Was it the horny goat? If it wasn't, it should be. It was the rambling goat. Rambling goat. That rambling goat. Um, Okay. So there's people. And. Um. Whispers going around. You two are the only witnesses to this being the fog effect as well. Correct. So, um, anything, chances are anybody overheard you given that description? Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Reginald Probst, Scotland Yard detective, giving orders to Metropolitan Police. They're securing the crime scene. They're getting a coroner's wagon here for Scott Woodrow. Phil Bradford was the one back down in the alley. Um, and you're free to go. 